Hi and welcome everyone to the to today's episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk with uh, my co-hosts uh, Glenn and Darcy. Uh, today the topic is banking and I thought maybe Glenn could lead the way. Oh, you're going to make me lead, huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I talk about banking all the time, but I haven't actually formally prepared anything for this. But um, for me, uh, as people who, who, who know what I do, I'm, I'm a Canadian who invests in the U.S. Um, and so a lot of my financing is a little different than most uh, to sum it up, a lot of times I'm using hard money or private money or JV money and rolling it into uh, loans. And that's one of the reasons I'm going through to get my E2 visa uh, is so that I can get more options once I get the credit score built up uh, to be able to invest in the United States. Um, that's from US banking, right? From US yeah. banks? Yeah, because yeah, right now, um, a lot of banks I don't have the access to. and. Um, as of lately, we've been like kind of stretching what we can do with the financing and kind of thinking a little bit differently than what we normally do. Normally, we would just uh, buy with cash, uh, refinance into a, a hard money loan or uh, one of those. Not, it's kind of a middleman, kind of like not really hard money, not really institutional, but um, I don't know how to describe this, but you'd actually get one of these guys to come on the show. But anyway, uh, so you get interest rates in the like the high fives is what I'm usually getting for my uh, refis. And that's a cash out refi, which is usually you can get usually get better interest rates on purchases than a cash out refi usually. So anyway, that's kind of the, the range I was getting. The last ones have been five, 5.7, 5.75 in that kind of range is what I'm kind of tracking down. But as of late, a lot of times I've discarded all the Canadian banks and I've been like, you know, uh, it's not a scalable model to use the Canadian banks. But a lot of times I'm, I'm like, why am I not leveraging the Canadian banks and going into interest rates in the three, right? Like, yeah. um, first of all, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. They're, it's gonna, they're gonna do it as if the property's in Canada. They're gonna do it as if it's a personal loan. So I can't be, someone's gonna be on recourse for these loans. And not like my, most of my other loans are non-recourse. Like the corporation is on, on the title of the thing. Corporation is liable for the loan. Uh, whereas if I'm working with Canadian Bank, I am going to have to be, well, my partner is going to have to be personally liable on these loans, right? Which usually isn't a big deal. But then now we're talking about um, debt service ratio, all their different qualifiers that you're mm -hmm. going to have to jump through. And mm -hmm. I know uh, every bank looks at it differently, but when you're holding like, you know, over 30 properties, it starts to, and they're all in corpse. What are they going to count? What are they not going to count? Are they just going to count the debt um, that I've used from like my personal line of credit to buy some of these properties in the early days? And it screws up your debt ratio if they won't count the property because sitting in a corp, but you bought it originally with the down payment from your own personal money. So it messes stuff up. So that's one of the things I've been going through for financing. Um, but yeah, we've re um, looked at the financing, especially in uh, Florida and because all the Canadian banks are there. There's the TD, the Royal, uh, the, what is the other ones? BMO, Desjardins, National, and then there's some other banks, the Canadian banks that are working down there as well. So People? there's, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's, there's, there's lots of options, but I, I never use them. I, I didn't want to go jump through the hoops, but now I'm starting to think it does make, um, I don't know if it's a good way to think, way to think of it, but it lets you do higher leverage deals too. Um, usually the, the leverage rate, they'll let you go a little higher. 
Um, and so it's one of those things I'm toying with right now to, 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 does it make sense? Because right now I'm trying to be extra safe. All these mortgage deferrals are happening in Canada and the US. And I, it, it is a safe thing. If you're, you're buying criteria for a refi is you need to be at 65 cents on the dollar with the renovation. It makes it, there are a lot of safety space in it, but um, there's more deals available if you're willing to go up to 80% loan to value on your refis. So there's extra, there's extra space in there. And really, if you're going to keep anything in Florida, you have like it, their numbers don't pencil out like Alabama, like Missouri, like mm. Indiana, like there is a much tougher to make your numbers there. Right. Um, so that's why we do flips there. Cause you can make good flip numbers, just like Ontario, you can make really good flip numbers, but uh, I find it hard to make your numbers work uh, to keep the property. Um, and that's kind of what we struggle with in, in Florida. Um, so anyway, that's one thing we're, we're toying with right now is to go into the higher leverage rates, personally qualify, and then even just to use it for a few properties at the start in order to then, um, you know, if you find that this, it, it's a good match between um, the joint venture who's qualifying for these loans, then, you know, after that, we can go into the other financing that's a little bit more expensive, but scalable, but maybe we can get a couple under our belt while we're trying out our relationship and go from there. Yeah. I you know, we were talking like this two weeks ago about banking. I always I had this question, which you touched on before. Um, RBC is a title sponsor of the Carolina Hurricanes, and TD Center is a named sponsor on the Boston Bruins home. So we have Canadian banks in the U.S. with substantial presence. They're spending money to attract clients. I just had wondered, what is your Canadian profile, which is really solid and financially secure? How could you leverage that as a sort of international investor, a Canadian investing in the U.S. Yeah. with all these assets? That was a question for me. That why would you be going to, I don't know, Wells Fargo or Citibank or some of these U.S.-based banks only? Yeah, I didn't realize how complicated it was to. Well, like, you could. You weren't you could. saying that they had required you to put like three hundred thousand dollars down in deposit so that they would just hold your money, so they could give you more money? Yeah, it was. It depends. Every it's different with every bank and it's different every month. <laughs> like they just, oh, they great. change their wow. flavor. They change their yeah. flavor a lot more. Even like the Canadian banks with their presence in the U S change their presence a lot more than the, uh, than they do if they're in Canada. Right. So it, yeah, whenever your story you're talking about was uh, BMO Harris was wanting yeah. me to have a whole lot of basically backup money sitting at their bank in Chicago is what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted a lot of my, even they would allow me to have used the cash or they were going to say, Oh, you could use mutual funds or whatever, but they really just wanted it backed by like something so strong. And you're just like, well, <laughs> okay, that could work. But if I go to somewhere else, it might be a few less hurdles. And I think they've changed that, but it's like I said, it's the flavor of the week. They change their, they change their mind, how they're going to run it and rates will change. Uh, loan to values will change everything changes a lot quicker. Yeah. So to give you like, even me stating a couple rates, you know, in a, a month or so, it, those could be completely different, right? It, it, yeah. yeah. That's a super point, a uh, good point, because you think there's a standard banking or, or, or risk profile or these, you know, but for shorthand, when you're talking to people or in books you read, they'll commit to some numbers and say, this is typical, but the, the flavors change even in, you know, you're working across border, but in Canada, I'm, I'm with three different credit unions, National Bank, First Nationals, Canadian Western Bank, RBC, CIBC, 
Have I covered them all? All <laughs> of those. That, and uh, with CMHC insurance under a bunch of them. So yep. there is no typical. There's very different deals with very different guys. Um, and I, um, it and is it, worth shopping around, but how much time do you have? How much you know? time do you have in things is, as things uh, change in the economy, even like right now, the U.S. is not in the second lockdown, right? So if they mm. decided to go into a second lockdown, it could be like the first lockdown where they just didn't do foreign national program. It just didn't exist anymore for mm. until they were back open again. Um, so they, they change their mind based on things. And they I don't know if it's good or bad, but they react whenever stuff happens. <laughs> We're just touched on this. I think our listeners need to know you're a CA. So we're approaching like they're, um, yeah, when you're, you're talking a pretty fairly substantial level of, of complexity. Of I deal. should, I should state that I'm not a CA. Oh, so you're, what's, your, what's your designation? I don't have a designation. What? So, <laughs> we should we should put that right out there. Okay. No, no I went. If we're making up fake credentials, I'm an. Yeah, for the, and for the show in general, I think it's very important people understand that we are not CAs. We are not. Uh, no, no, I am. I am not a CA. I I I went to school for computers and like programming. And like three years in, I went. I can't imagine doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and so I went in, I'm like, hey, what do I have for transfer credits? I want to go into marketing. I love marketing. I love creating products and you know, selling stuff, right? Uh, which works good for this real estate business. But I wanted to go into that. And they said, well, you know what? If you go into accounting, instead oh, of um, doing uh, uh, marketing, you'll still get your marketing, some marketing classes, but you won't get the full thing. But you have a lot more transferable credits because I had all my year one and year two uh, accounting already done. So I went into accounting and I did accounting and finished that program off. But it's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's an accounting degree or diploma, right? So it's, it, you know, I, I know how to do accounting, but I'm like, I don't have some sort of fancy letters or anything. Okay, guys. Okay, just for clarity, I did a lit degree, but I'm not a published author yet. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Darcy, with your uh, syndications? Uh, so you were saying you don't have a, a typical bank you deal with. You deal with uh, many different institutions. How do you decide which institution you will go with? Oh, okay. So my synapses were firing when um, Glenn was talking because there's just so many thoughts. But yeah. I did write down, uh, to group them all, it's, for me, it's about relationship. I can tell a really quick story. Um, when we went into Windsor, we bought our second building. And Windsor was dead in 2009. And that somehow someone had sent a Ellen von Wagner in the Windsor Star business reporter, got my name. Someone mentioned said, hey, there's, there's a guy from Vancouver that's buying real estate in Windsor and nobody's buying real estate in Windsor. Windows were black and taped up with business clothes, kind of. It was, it, was a, it was a horror. And she got my number and called me and my business partner and took a picture of us for the front page of the business star. And it's almost like, who are these two rubes from Vancouver buying real estate? Um, but that picture was on the front of the business page. And we were in the process of buying a 66 unit apartment building in downtown Windsor that was out of receivership. They had fallen back to the bank. We had made an appointment the next morning with the bank, um, the Motor City Community Credit Union to, look at, to talk about how we could finance this thing. Um, when we came into the office, my business partner, Fred, and I, 
uh, looked down and on his credenza behind the desk was that business page with our picture there. And he, we walked in, shakes hands, you know, pass business cards back and forth and he pauses with this look on his face and then turns around and looks at that newspaper report, sees Fred's and my, you know, pictures there with a notebook and a, you know, inspecting <laughs> building, two idiots from Vancouver investing in Windsor. And it made us look like we were superstars, like we were somebody. Um, you know, that old act, Maxim, you know, no press is bad press. This was amazing press for us because all of a sudden we were those guys from Vancouver. And this is a story he could tell in the bar after. Yeah. These guys from Vancouver are buying a 66 unit apartment building. Who would do that here? So I think it made us, and that relationship with Fabio at uh, Motor City Community Credit Union is intact. 10 years later, we're still doing deals. He'll structure a deal that's, you know, maybe a portion of interest only or the whole back or states in different tranches as we complete work. Um, and he had a lot of faith in us. And I think we are, uh, we've maintained that relationship that when COVID hit, I phoned all my banks in the second week of March and said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to, you know, uh, shut down any of our extraneous repairs and, and improvements. We're going to concentrate on essential services, collecting rents, maintaining services. And I will let you know how our collection's going. And I'll let you know uh, by the fifth of every month. So faithfully, all 11 banks that we're dealing with, I phoned them around the fifth of every month and said, we're good. We're at 96% collections. We have collection you know, deals with these other three tenants. Very specific. This is what I'm doing. And I met those dates, phoned them. It was a ton of work. But I think the key for banking is these are humans like everyone else. And they're talking about risk. And when they go in front of their risk committee and they assess a deal, the more they know about you and the more comfortable they are with you and who you are and what you do and can say, with you know unequivocally, I know these guys. They're solid. They don't miss a payment. They've got their own houses backing this. Um, we can do a deal with them. I think that's been critical for success. I'm a relational person. I like to meet people. I like to make friends. So that you know goes to my strength. But I think picking which bank is based on that relationship. How, you know what's a good fit for National Bank? What's a good fit for First National? All those banks say they want every deal, but not they don't always take every deal. There's not a good fit. For everyone it's not in the right region it's the wrong kind of thing um but those relationships are huge yeah or oh no that was just a five minute warning former school teacher yes do you need to go to the washer could you uh, could you tell us a little bit more so you do syndications and um you do yeah. value add business uh pardon you do value add deals can yeah. you talk us through the financing of a value add deal so you mentioned interest only so how do you typically structure oh, okay that? Yeah, like Glenn was talking, that, that's hard money. That's money that's coming out of your pockets. That's not leverage, it's not on payments. That's money you put down. So I raised that from my investment partners. We find a deal. We're looking for deals that have good leverage. And by leverage, I mean places where we can apply our expertise, our strength, our, our, all things that we value, that we have you know, physical strength for this, we have emotional strength for this, we get behind this deal, and where we can put in money and improve the building. So we're buying vacancies, we're buying broken buildings, we're buying trouble, always trouble. So it's hard. So typically, you know, I read in these magazines, zero down deals. We haven't found one of those yet, but we find deals that we're putting down 40%. And some of that is all of the sorry, It always includes at least three months of operating reserve that we don't touch, capital reserve for doing the fixing the building, what we believe that needs to be addressed. 
the down payment, legal, insurance, and closing, and all that other stuff. So it ends up being around 40% of the money goes down. It's substantial and it's heavily balanced, but we try to give that back to our partners quickly. Um, so we put down that kind of hard money. So we're looking at relatively low leverage deals, which gives us, you know, when we're going to the bank, we're not looking for a home run. We're looking for a good, to borrow a baseball metaphor, a good double. Every now and then a good triple, and then work hard on making it really exceptional. So, I, you know, I get it. I love those deals I read about in other guys' magazines and books and blogs, but the emotional and spiritual strength to hold a deal where you have very little in it and the margins are so close that you could be destroyed by, I don't have this, I just don't have the spiritual strength for that or the emotional strength to manage that. It's hard. You think about it every night, every minute, how you can fix that building. You look at all the bills going out, the money bleeding out of your account as you fix things and contractors find more troubles in the wall and there's mold in this bathroom. There's always mold in bathrooms. You know, it, it can be crushing. So I, just so I can manage this, I have to make sure we have enough ballast, enough money behind what we're doing to do the job. Because I'm promising people, I'm going to fix this. I enter into contracts with tenants that I'm morally obliged to make them clean and habitable and safe and attractive. And I'm going to give a return to my partners. If I'm not sufficiently you know, resourced to do that, I'm going to fail. And that's the biggest thing. So if I take that package into the banks and into good relationships that I feed all the time, that I talk to these guys, I know where the kids, I know the Fabio's, um, what his kids do and what their majors are in, in uh, college and where they're going to college and who's getting into Ann Arbor for field hockey. I know these things. So, because I care. And that really makes the biggest difference, I think, those relationships with bankers. I'm not talking to a stranger. I'm talking to people we've done deals before with. So that's huge. And if you don't know your banker, you're, 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 you're half-armed. Or I don't know what the metaphor for that is. You're at a real disadvantage. I would think. You, you mentioned 100% financing too. And from the other side of the coin, because I've been selling off some of my properties, is that, you know, you get that question all the time, is, you know, for me, I'm like, why do I want to just give you the property? You know, like I, you need to have some sort of skin in the game. Otherwise, what, what, what do you have on the line to make your payments and to get And when tough times get tough for you, you have nothing on the line <laughs> you yeah. know, to, to, to fight for. So I'm like, I, I want you to have, you know, if I was going to do seller financing as a seller, I'd want the buyer to have some skin in the game. I want them to ha have, not want to lose their deposit or not want to lose something, right? I don't know. Yeah. That's what about true. you, Ari? We've kind of like been talking all over you. Uh, yeah. Well, so my, uh, so I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a humble investor, and uh, <laughs> I started off. Uh, I, I always, I was always very interested in financial literacy, and uh, I, w I worked at a bank when I was young at my my dad's bank where he was a wealth planner and and I really enjoyed it and I, I was always uh, interested in money transactions uh, and financial literacy as a in, in general so I educated myself a lot uh, read tons of books about the stock market and about uh, also you know discipline and how to save money and you know pay yourself first the wealthy barber so I did that and and then I later on I discovered real estate and educated myself in real estate. And my first deal uh, I had saved the down payment for, um, and 
I had enough enough savings for another deal, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, and then like many Canadians, um, I hit a wall. You know, there was only so much the bank was willing to lend me because I was making maybe forty five thousand dollars a year at the time, mm-hmm. and so so there was private private money, and and at some point I I migrated. I went to the bank. To talk to the commercial division and I showed them uh, my portfolio that I was serious my sis- the systems I had in place and and uh, yeah and that's that was the next step and um, I never really focused too much on the interest rates uh, they went higher moving to commercial and um, but yeah that's how I continued to invest and my other experience with um, Investing is because I do some mobile home parks, and in, in in my category, you know, it's rather small build, small um, small deals. There is a lot of seller financing, so uh, and there too, you know, it's a question of uh, negotiate negotiating, having a rapport with the seller, and um, actually, like Darcy was saying, you know, I also cultivate a rapport with my uh, my banker, and mm-hmm. I'm proactive, you know, when when things yeah. things happen, I. I I cherish this relationship and yeah, I'm not really into uh, so you guys were talking about, you know, not having the time to go shop around to try to find lower interest rates. I, you know, I like to uh, establish relationships and be, uh, you know, bring value, bring value to those relationships. So talk about the mobile home park financing. I know typically a lot of it is seller financing because they're, I have a manufactured home down in the States. Well, I have one, but I, it, it looks like a house, but um, it was even to get financing for that was jumping through hoops. And I had to go down to a 60% loan to value loan in order to get someone to actually do it. But um, so you're doing seller financing. What I know it's when you're doing seller financing, there's no standard numbers, but are you, do you find that there's what kind of leverage rate would you find that the, the current owners are comfortable with? It really depends on the owner and their level of sophistication, what they've seen before, how and how how uh, how much they want to sell, their motivation, and you can see anything from twenty percent down to forty uh, percent, and um, usually it's in the U.S. So there is a balloon payment after seven years and. Yeah, and you can get financing on mobile home parks from financial institutions, but the the loans have to be around uh, one million. So, for me, that's a next next stage. Uh, something I look yeah. I look forward to doing. And like whenever I'm doing seller financing, because I'm looking at a piece of paper in front of me from trying to punch out a seller finance deal this morning, and I I usually like to try to give them like three options whenever I'm doing it because what. <laughs> what I learned from listening to other shows or books or somewhere I picked up is when there's three options, they always forget that there's a four, fourth option to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I am writing that down. <laughs> Excellent. I heard it somewhere and it's stuck. And so I always, I give them three options every time. Usually it's a cash offer that's low, right? Um, yeah. It's a principal only payment. So it's like, Hey, let's just break this down into, you know, uh, 10 years with a balloon and we'll just divide it out, right? You know, hey, it's, you want 200,000, we'll just divide it by 
however many payments that works out to 360 payments and break it and just, there it is. Not there, that's not 360 payments, that'd be 120 payments. Um, so do 120 payments, just divide it out. And then um, at the 10 year mark, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be paid off, right? Or you could do it, uh, well, 360 with a, a balloon or 120 all in to be done. Or, and then my third option is usually I do an interest only seller financed one. So where they, you know, give them an interest rate. And um, sometimes I try to stretch it for the full 30 years. And then if uh, they're like, I don't want to do this for 30 years, well, let's do a 10 year balloon. I always add balloons in if, if, if they're looking for a shorter period of time. And, and even some of them, I'm willing to do seller financing for sometimes even like six months. And you go, why would you even bother with six months? Because sometimes my projects, it's like, we're renovating them and then we're putting a, a loan on it anyway. We want to refi and get money back on top of the money we put in. So we're like, hey, we could, you know, why not? Let's just, you just help us through the renovation and then we can, we, we hit our uh, seasoning period and we can refinance. Yeah. And that's all I need sometimes. Or it just makes it easier, right? I don't have to tie up so much cash. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's a super point. My father-in-law uh, told me early on, uh, we worked in the industry for 35 years. He said uh, two things. Banks need you to succeed. You have to remember their motivation. They don't want a stinker in their portfolio. They really need you to succeed. So once they've committed to you, they will find you ways to make that work. And, you know, I tend to think of deals as concrete. I did this. I said this for this time. These things are, as in some measure, negotiable. And you don't have to find a perfect instrument. But sometimes you just need to get an instrument to get started. Six months? A lot can happen in six months. You can add a ton of value. Then your projects, you flip them in that time in some cases, right? I, oh, I, mean, I, I, I aim for six month projects. That's the yeah, game. yeah. For me, I'm on a slower cycle, but I have bought properties interest only for uh, 12 months with an option on six more so that I can get the substantial renovations done, get the building full, and build at least a partial rent roll that looks reasonable. Well, yeah. it's, it's not perfect, it's not three years from now, but at least get out of that interest only and get some principal repayment done. or Take a smelly deal for a year at five and a quarter yep. um, on a 20-year AM just so you can get the property under, under contract. And, you know, a year burns off pretty quickly. We've been wearing masks now for not, uh, 10 months. It's horrible, but it's, yep. it's a long time. And, you know, this, and in terms this of is a, January 2021 for people in the archives. Yeah. In terms of CMHC, is there a magic number for you to go for CMHC insurance or or you do it with any of your deals? Oh, I, what, uh, let's see, we're doing Canadian stuff. So yeah, um, so you have to remember CMAC is not a bank, it's an insurance product. Yeah, yeah, but is it worth it for any size well, deal? Or? Paying upfront, that interest rate, if you can make that interest rate work and pay the upfront fee for it, then it can be really good if it can, if it can juice your takeout. But now they've shut down equity takeouts for just equity takeout sake, they're closing that down. So you have to replace money that you put in, capital that you put in for renovations. They'll allow you to take that capital back out. It's not a pure equity takeout because you create so much more value. It's just a balance. We play it back and forth. Sometimes it's so hard to get it. They beat up your numbers, they increase your expenses, they beat down your, your incomes. They don't even apply their own vacancy rates that they posted for that region. They make up ones. Um, so by the time they finally get to insuring your number and say they'll give you 85% of loan to value, it's actually closer to 65. So it looks like conventional financing with about 1% lower interest rate, 
we test our stuff at five and a half. If it works at five and a half and we can hold the property, then 2.3 is pretty good. But we're just, we just assume two buildings at 1.31 and 1.29. Those are great interest rates, but you're not paying down much principal. So if principal is part of your metric for return, that's pretty thin. At those numbers, you're not putting down a lot of principal. You better be making it on cash flow and on equity and other ways to make that your, your ROI. I was just doing my tax summaries for the accountant and I was just looking at that exact same thing. I was looking at mortgage statements and you know, some of these you're like, it's so nice to have it stretched out for so like the 30 year terms, right? But mm. <laughs> when you start looking at it, you're like, it brings your payments down a little bit, but it comes down so much because you just eliminated part of the principal payment, right? Like really it's, it's basically the same amount of interest, whether, but they just, how much principal do you want to tack onto that to do like a 15 year or a 10 year, like just to fatten it up, to make it pay off quicker. But you're like, man, some of this stuff, you're like, it, <laughs> you could be there forever to actually pay these things off. Yeah. We could talk about banking forever. Ari, we got to make some more on this topic or maybe just narrow the focus down to one thing Yeah, we could yeah. Talk and move that. through a 12 part series on the <laughs> horrors, the, the good stuff of banking. Yeah, uh, this, good is, idea. this is juicy stuff though. I'm totally yeah, jazzed. Great, great stuff. And uh, yeah, and I really enjoyed the show today. So thank you for tuning in and we will see you on uh, next week. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks guys. Bye.